0: Hi, I'm Stacey Shoemaker-Rowan, Editor-in-Chief of Hospitality Design Magazine with HD's What I've Learned podcast. Today, I sat down with all three partners of Toronto-based studio design agency, Alan Chan, Matt Davis, and Anwar Makayich. The longtime friends, a fact that very much came across in our interview, discussed their beginnings working in restaurants and designing hotel branding before taking on sizable projects such as reimagining hostels with Generator and expanding a chef's vision with Mama Fuku. Our extensive conversation puts their energy and kinship on display as they detail how they came together, their studio's ethos 20 years later, and what's next for hospitality design. So hi, I'm here with Matt Anwar and Alan, guys. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Ah, thanks for having us.
0: You're our first triple interview, so this is going to be a fun ride. Um, but I'm excited. <laughs> so we always start at the beginning. So maybe we'll start with you, Anwar, and then go to Matt and Alan. But where did you grow up? And did you always know you wanted to be a designer?
2: I grew up in Canada in Toronto, and design, architecture, engineering—that whole kind of world of creativity um was sort of at the forefront I guess of, of what I envisioned I would uh, excel in and what interested me and sort of you know where my passion was and, and very much connected to hospitality uh, since I grew up in the restaurant business uh, you know my my parents uh, you know started a vegetarian Middle Eastern restaurant in, in Toronto and they were definitely trailblazers at the time in the in the, late 70s, early 80s. So that was sort of my introduction to uh, hospitality and, and getting to know that world. And that's sort of where my personal passion always laid. And, uh, you know, we had some background in the Middle East with uh, hotels. And um, so the, there was, you know, so a bit of family history in hotels. And it's always uh, um, been my favorite thing sort of to travel and to and to kind of create spaces. So I think in a nutshell, I think that's sort of what led me towards design and ultimately starting this company with Matt and Alan.
0: Did you work in the restaurant growing up?
2: I did. I did. I, uh, I used to, you know, at, at lunch, uh, in grade school at, at lunch, I would, I would race to the restaurant before all the teachers got there. And then, I would be behind the counter serving the teachers their lunch, and then I would race back to school and sit in their class. And and so it was from dishwashing to uh, serving food to all the way to basically taking over the restaurant and then ultimately opening my own restaurant and helping my dad open a restaurant in Paris. Like, you know, at one point, we had three restaurants going and, um, you know, over over 150 staff. And, you know, it was quite a it's quite it's quite something to be a to be in the restaurant business. It's 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 not for the faint at heart.
0: No, it's not, especially in today's world. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matt. Let's flip over to you. Um, where did you grow up? And was design or hospitality something that uh, you fell for early on?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up uh, just outside of Toronto in Canada, small little hamlet called Mount Zion. It was like four farmhouses um in the entire time I was growing up I you know we would always have like projects going my my dad was a uh, had a technical headhunting company uh, growing up and he would place engineers and fly-in architects from all over the world and find them jobs and I, I remember working for him when I was I guess like in grade eight and uh, you know people would be in and out every day interviewing and and doing all these things and one day he was like he stopped everything he's like okay guys we got to get the entire space this place has to look amazing he's like we have an architect coming in I was like what so at this young age this celebrity nature of this architect coming in and how how uh kind of hyped up this was I guess kind of made an impact so after that everything kind of started tailoring into wanting to do you know design and and I took all the courses and high school and then followed up in university which is where uh, for studied landscape architecture which is where I met Al. um, Worked for Anwar's family in the restaurants which is how I met Anwar Uh, (laughs) and it just kind of went from there. Yeah it's been um, you know practical hands-on hospitality learning um, but a whole lifetime leading up to design.
0: Amazing. And a perfect segue to Alan. Alan, where did you grow up? And was design always something that you loved as well?
3: Um, Yeah, I I grew up in Toronto as well. I grew up in the west end of Toronto. Um, And I guess, you know, from a a pretty young age, I was always very much into drawing. Uh, I remember drawing. um, Then I don't know if, If if you recall this, Stacey, but there was a TV show called Battlestar Galactica, like back in the, back in the day. And, uh, I was a big sci-fi nerd, I guess. You're dating uh, yourself. Yeah, I know. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so I would, you know, at school, I would be drawing all these battle scenes from Battlestar Galactica on paper and, um, always had a passion for drawing and and sort of art, uh, actually more drawing. You know, I think I developed my, my passion for art at a later age. Um, but I always loved drawing when I was a kid, um, and that kind of just evolved into, you know, what should I do in high school? Uh, you know, I had a big passion for drawing and I had a friend, uh, in high school whose father was an architect. And so I just wanted to know what the profession was all about. So, you know, uh, it was a good friend of mine. So, you know, I, I knew his dad and I visited his office a few times and, um, thought it was really cool. I saw these little models everywhere and you know, these, these cool drawings on the wall and, uh, So I decided that architecture was something that I wanted to pursue. Um, So I think, you know, at at an early age, really had a passion for it. Um, But at the same time, my parents were in in the restaurant business as well. Um, So, you know, Chinese restaurant uh, in Etobicoke, um, which is a suburb of of Toronto. And so I grew up in that industry as well, uh, working much like Anwar, you know, just washing dishes when I was a kid um, packing food and then eventually managing the restaurant, but all like summertime, uh, jobs, um, wasn't never really a full-time job for me. Um, so that's, you know, I cut my teeth in hospitality. I guess you could say at that young age, um, you know, my parents owned that restaurant for a number of years. I never really, after university, I never really went back and just, uh, kept in in design. That's where I met Matt in university as well. Like you said, Uh, And then I went on to do my master's in architecture at Columbia. Uh, And then, you know, after that, you know, everything's history and we all, you know, started a company together. And here we are, 22 years later.
0: (laughs) So, what brought you guys all together? So, you met each other, Matt and Anwar, you worked together, um, Alan and Matt, you went to school together. So, what was that moment when you all decided? Hey, we should open up our own thing. And what did you want to create?
2: I, th- I think when, when we started it, it was for me, at least it was very much centered around me opening my own restaurant. So that first project of um, creating a restaurant in Toronto, that was, that I had a vision for, I had just raised the money for it. And then having you know met Matt and then sort of us all getting together and me wanting to create a space but wanting to also be the designer um i think both of you or one of you was you guys were working at a at a, a hospitality design firm at the time right i i can't remember if you both were or not but you know so i knew i knew that i that you guys were going to do the technical sides so of the things that i didn't know and i knew what i wanted to create and i asked matt if you know he would start a company with me and uh i was going to be the first client in my eyes and uh that's when i got introduced to alan i mean i, I think we had maybe w- met once before that if that um because you guys were uh, like, working on a bar at my dad's restaurant or something i but, think i think we yeah. worked
3: on we worked on a bar we worked on because in the kitchen which was your dad's restaurant uh worked with your dad and
2: um, you guys yeah, designed this horrible bar. That, like, yeah, it was bar. terrible. It was yes. a that, that was technically
1: our first project. That was <laughs> the first hospitality
2: project. It was so, so ergonomically incorrect, it wasn't even funny. So. <laughs> that was it your dad's direction. It was, <laughs> it was like a six foot It long. all
1: starts at the client. It all yeah. starts at the client. <laughs> yeah, good, good client and <laughs> <make> good design.
2: <laughs>
3: Matt's still blaming the client. So. <laughs> and uh, it was like a six foot long bar or something like that. And it had these terrible blue lights, uh, the pendant lights above, I, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, I think you picked those out. I, I think I probably did. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, same same thing. And I, I think that you know Matt and I had met in in university, and I guess Matt's kind of the glue, really. I mean, he uh, he kind of brought us together. Um, I think at the time, Matt and I had been working on just like we had we had no idea about business and you know how to start a company, and and we had been just doing random small projects, like kind of MacGyver kind of things. Here and there, after we graduated from school, we had worked under the guise of a, a, a name called Prespic Studios, which we later adopted as a company, um, which I think was a landscape publication uh, from U- University of Toronto. That it kind was of, supposed
1: to be, yeah. It was supposed to be. That. And we, yeah. kind of,
3: we kind of annexed it to do a couple of small competitions and stuff like that. So we were working together on small things. And um, when I met Anwar, I was in New York at the time. And I think Anwar, I think you, you, you
2: guys came down to visit me, didn't you? Yeah, we did. You were at Columbia and yeah. Matt basically begged me to, to let you into the gang. And So, <laughs>
0: <it>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so then yeah, they uh, the
0: truth back. comes out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Here
3: we go. Uh, they came down and we, we started talking about it and it, you know, Anwar wanted to open a restaurant and I wasn't around. So he basically, he and Anwar, cause I was at school and he and Anwar basically worked in the project. I actually didn't have much to do with that project. Um, and then I think you guys did the they up a good,
1: you ran up a good bill there
3: that was after it opened though yeah. <laughs> that was after it opened uh, and then I think we actually did the that was our first branding project too I think we, uh, we designed the cards uh, for that project and came up with the name for it so uh, that was our first holistic uh, ID 1990, branding 1998 of course we never got paid because the client never paid us <laughs> oh
0: <it> goes back
3: <laughs>
1: I was thinking the uh, actual first branding project. Didn't we do a project for uh, Pablo, with Jason, at, uh for Mingle? Didn't we brand a, a, like an event at a hotel? Oh, yeah.
3: We did all the, uh, yeah, we did all. That was funny. Uh, a good friend of ours uh, was running these events in New York uh, called Mingle at mm-hmm. uh, the Thompson, at uh, the rooftop. The rooftop at Thompson. And yeah. he asked us to design all the, the, I guess the pamphlets for him which he had at the time was being printed. Uh so we did a series of pamphlets for him called mingle and uh yeah I was I guess that was probably our first. Yeah maybe that yeah maybe you're right Matt. maybe that was our first. So branding go, is branding runs deep in our in our in our blood Stacy. I
0: love it. Um okay so this first restaurant what did you want to create Anwar what type of restaurant was it and what did you guys end up calling it?
2: Well it was uh it was a unique opportunity because it was uh, at the University of Toronto. So it was one of the first uh, private leases for food service at the university. And the University of Toronto is like the largest, you know, the largest university in Canada and um, happened to be on the same street that we already had a restaurant. And it was in this new uh, graduate house that was uh, designed by Morphosis and um, Uh, Tom Main and uh, a local architect as well and so it was it was it was slated to be a landmark architectural building at U of T and there was an RFP that went out uh, for the space and um, you know every at that time it was you know a lot of Fast food restaurants and chains. And a lot of people. It, it, it attracted a lot of attention. So, and I wanted to just kind of kind of create this modern bistro, um, this space that you know uh, I had been inspired by restaurants that I had seen throughout kind of California and my travels. And my parents had always taken me to New York quite a bit. And uh, you know, my godfather in New York had a one of the top restaurants in New York City. So it was like. It, you know, I had lived a little bit in New York uh, during school, and so it was kind of this modern bistro. We called it Spaha. It was because of the kind of like Soho, the, the, the two cross streets were Spadina and Harvard, so it was a it was a play on the names of on, on the streets. Um, it was it was quite large. I mean, it was over a hundred seats, at each patio. Um, it had two floors. It had you know a bar in the basement, live music, and DJs, and kind of had this like fresh west coast healthy cuisine mixed with really unhealthy french like student bistro food so it was kind of like my best of both worlds at the time again this was you know pre-2000 it was kind of the idea of you know bringing together uh these ideas and concepts that i thought would resonate with people who kind of you know wanted things to be a little bit different um and and we designed it fairly modern um right it had a kind of very open and airy kind of West coast, a little bit Japanesey vibe to it. A uh, bit mid-century modern, uh, lots of glass, lots of concrete, a little bit industrial. Um, but I mean, really, again, what a, I mean, what a exploration of just figuring things out, for, not just the business side of like uh, running a restaurant and setting up at a restaurant, but also the fit out and design and engineering and, you know, Matt and I being on site every day, you know, we were building it at the end, we were building it.
1: Budget realities sunk in and we ended up building it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. We went over budget. We ran out of money, uh, but we pulled it together. And, uh, that same friend that, um, that Alan had just mentioned, uh, Pablo, who was in New York, who was working, uh, like you said, for Pomerantz, uh, was working at Wallpaper, right, at the time. So they got the exclusivity on on the photo shoot. So we, did, we literally, I didn't even have my liquor license. I had to steal bottles from the other restaurant to bring over to this place for the photo shoot. We just put some bottles like on the half-finished bar and we started taking some photos to send to Wallpaper Magazine. And of course, back then, 20 years ago, I mean, the you know, the Mecca, Wallpaper Magazine, and... We got a really nice, uh, we got a really nice shout out, uh, you know, for this new restaurant in Toronto, Canada and even wallpaper didn't, there was not much Canadian content back then. Um, and it was also I mean, pretty,
3: I mean, it was also a pretty new publication and only been around for a year or two at that yeah. time, but it was the first kind of lifestyle design mag- focused design magazine that, um, that we all loved, um, so it was a, it was a great shout out and a, a very nice sort of tip to her, the efforts that uh, were put in, mostly by Anwar and Matt. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I like Matt said, I I, I primarily just run up ran up a, a tab there at the end,
0: which is fine. You're helping.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Different type of help. So what were so you finished the project? You open it. Obviously, you worked well enough together that you wanted to continue a partnership. So was it just? organically it just kind of evolved or did you make a conscious decision, like establish design agency and move forward?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I mean, it did work really well. We had a lot of fun working on the, on the first project. And then the subsequent projects after, after that, (coughs) getting more restaurant projects, doing the branding. Um, We did start for the first 10 years of the company. We were named precipice studios, um, which was a mouthful. No one could spell it dropping down the uh, URL was really tough. Uh, We started getting some international attention. No one overseas could say it properly. So, uh, but for 10 years, yeah, we did work under that title. And uh, yeah, it was completely organic. Like everything was a matter of like our individual connections and then a little bit of of media connections and growing some, uh, you know, relationships in the industries. We slowly started doing more restaurants, a little bit of residential, Kind of things that we knew, like the nightclubs. We knew nightclubs really well back then, so we tend to of design nightclub. more nightclubs and bars. <laughs> we were kind of experts, if you will say.
3: Yeah, it was. It was also more like a lifestyle, and you know that sort of the. I think we all have a very entrepreneurial uh, uh, mentality when it comes to achieving things. And you know, it, you know, after we graduated from UFT, you know, I think Matt, you went out to Vancouver to be a slave for some landscape company and then <laughs> it's
1: called tree planting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then, uh, I, I actually got a job oddly enough at an interior design firm here in Toronto, um, who was a, a hospitality designer. And so I worked there for a year and then I got a, mat, a job, a a, mat a job there. So we worked there for together for uh, about six months. I went back to school and then I think at some point, you know, after, you know, talking to him, we like, we're like, screw this. Let's just start our own company. We don't know anything about the business. We don't know anything about, you know, how to run a company, uh, a design company, but let's just do it because we all, I think we, you know, at that age, you know, you're at that age, you're kind of just young and very confident. So I think we just jumped into it without really knowing what, what the outcome was, or what the plan was. Uh, we knew we wanted to design cool stuff. Um, and I think that we, we were all friends, right. And, you know, we, you know, all hung out the same places on the weekend, and so it was kind of just a natural fit for us. And you know, we were all very passionate about design, uh, so it just kind of made sense for us to carry on. I think it probably took us a little while to even incorporate the company uh, because we didn't know what that was about either.
0: Right. Um,
3: so it was very, also very organic in that sense.
0: Is there anything you wish you knew then that you know now?
1: <laughs>
2: oh gee, oh my God!
1: Can you imagine, yeah. <laughs>
2: how oh, much time do you yeah. <laughs> have uh, I mean we're still writing the business plan and we're still figuring out our objectives and you know what's the light of, what's the light at the end of the tunnel if anything um, I think you know I think maybe we lacked structure like it's taken us a lot of years to figure out structure and to put sort of sort of objectives and policies in place but again when you start off just as three friends and then you know I can't even remember who our first employee was or how we, and then to now fast forward where you're, you know, you're getting close to a hundred different, you know, people, uh, designers, ops teams. Uh, you know, it's just a different reality. So it's, it's, you know, we, I think we've learned a lot, but I, at the same time too, I wouldn't really, like, I love that exploration. I love that, like figuring it out side of things, you know, I mean, it it would have been good maybe to have, you know, a better accountant or a better lawyer, or, you know, it took us over 10 years to figure out we need a publicist and, you know, you've got to do your own marketing and all these things. So I guess now if we had to look you know, if we had to look back, we could probably create like a really thoughtful checklist of like all the things that you should think about when you're starting a business. But, you know, looking back, it was also kind of fun just to figure it out and wing it. And, you know, and it was also new, it, it was also new because, like, what was a design firm back then? And what, like, you know, in terms of hospitality design, like, I think there was a few in Toronto that we knew about that were kind of getting recognition. And it wasn't exactly the same as, um, like, architects who did interiors, which is more the European way. You know, we used to go to the Yabel Buschelberg parties. And they were sort of like, at least in my mind, a big mentor uh, for me and somebody that, you know, a a team that I saw as aspirational in terms of like, what they were doing. Um, So it, it was, again, it was really organic. And it was like, like Alan said, with wallpaper just starting and design becoming so prominent. And like, you felt like you were part of a movement in a way, or part of like starting something new. And and I, and now I even look at how many great designers there are in Canada and there really, you know, it is, there's great schools here. There's great design firms that I think have touched hospitality all around the world. And, uh, hopefully we're one of them. I think we are. But I, yeah.
3: I mean, things have changed so much. I mean, I, I always call it the school of hard knocks that we went through because like, we never really did anything terribly bad or, you know, screwed up really badly that, uh, you know, we don't want to talk about it, but, um, You know, we certainly, because of the way we approach design and still do, um, you know, we, we did a lot of branding, a lot of like strategy and a lot of like creative services uh, even back then. But the only difference is we never really charged for it because we just thought, hey, we're just going to do it because it's part of the project. We're going to make it cooler. We're going to call it this. This is going to be your logo. This is your design. You're going to have this kind of marketing like flyer, you know, and you know for sure we we didn't get paid for it I mean that's the we, bad
1: part that you're talking
3: about we that's said, the we bad part about that again yeah that's that's the bad part <laughs> no it's a learning experience right I mean it all goes back to the learning experience, and I think that you know it's it's sort of guided our way i mean now we're definitely charging for it, but uh sometimes uh but it's it's really it's really something that you know I think, like Anwar said, if we had new like all these things we probably could have fast tracked our career. Like, you know um, we could have been, you know, we could have had the projects we want, we're working on now, probably, you know, seven, eight years ago. Um, Cause I think there's a, a, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, working for somebody and learning that way, but you know, the experience and the journey that we, the three of us went through in terms of, you know, creating a company and, you know, learning from, you know, our errors and from colleagues and from people in design and kind of doing things our own way, uh, I think has crafted the spirit that um, kind of defines who we are. Right. So uh, luckily enough, we haven't done anything really bad in the past 22 years, but uh, so that's, that's kind of the my learning experience from, and takeaway from the whole thing.
1: I think the, the word that you would use now without us ever knowing is disruptor. Like we kind of we were outside the industry coming in from different angles. Um, I think a lot of the the fact that we didn't, you know, come up through another firm and then splinter off. Or allowed study us interior to design. Take, or we study never, interior design gave us a, yeah, know. gave us a completely different take on everything. Like we were talking, the reason why we did so much branding and so much talking about the bigger picture other than just interior design is because we were we were kind of talking about experience. We realized that design isn't one no, it's like the whole symphony of different things coming together and that's because of where we came from we came from hospitality we came from you know appreciating architecture and design and i don't think we would have been I, i'm going to disagree with you on this one now i don't think we would be where we are today had we come up a conventional route like we we really got a chance like projects that we'll probably talk about it in a bit like the generators where a completely different vantage point on how something should be done um, I don't know if we would have came to that solution having been you know fully mentored or fully cultivated in another firm first.
0: A lot of people have one partner, right? Um, but having multiple partners is more challenging, I would say, for most. So what makes the three of you work so well together?
2: Right. I think, I, I think what it is is uh, relates a lot to values and uh, having similar values. But what I was saying is that our friendship I think is very much, you know, the partnership is rooted in that friendship and that kind of mutual respect. Um, and I, I think, you know, sharing sort of the the direction and the goals and sort of the aspirations, but then also having a mutual respect and knowing how to sort of divide and conquer and when to come together and when to, you know, rely on one another. I, I think there's that 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 dynamic has really worked for us and it can work sometimes when it's, when, when there's three, not two, you know, so we're, you know, it's a little bit um, it's, it's a bit democratic, you know, so there is, there are, you know, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of voting going on, but there's also a lot of challenging and also I think making, you know, the other one or the other two better. So, you know, just sometimes it works like there's just a nice dynamic to kind of, you know, get through, the decision-making and you know, and you see that on pro- projects, but also sometimes, you know, when it comes to running the business, mostly it's, it's like the three of us kind of holding the reins and kind of steering the ship.
1: Again, with that shared value thing too, I think we did come into it all at the same point. Like we were all, all of us were like ex- extremely excited and full of wonderment with design. Um, but I think one of our earlier principles that we agreed to, I think also helped, which was the, we were going to, each project was going to be its own unique, you know, design. We were going to come to every project fresh and with new ideas, as opposed to coming up with a kit of parts that we were always going to be trying to apply. And I think that allowed us to, to grow as well. So as we, you know, each individually, if we kind of moved in one direction, there was the flexibility to move it like that with each project as well. So it gave us a lot of freedom, even though there's the three of us working collectively together on something, it gave us individual freedoms within that as well.
0: What do you think are your each other's strengths? Like Matt, what do you admire in Alan and Anwar, and vice versa?
1: Again, each one of us, we do we do approach the projects in a slightly unique way, and I, I do definitely appreciate that. Um, Anwar is definitely uh, he's he's constantly on the go. He's constantly uh, creating, thinking of ideas. Al's always um, he's always taking a, a big holistic look at things. So the the combined energy of like Anwar's like phonetic energy and Al's kind of calm energy. I think I appreciate the collection of those two things as those worlds kind of revolve around each other.
3: As a as a like a Tasmanian devil shitstorm? Is that <laughs> well, <everything>? yeah. <laughs> I was thinking
1: more like, you know, two planets revolving, but it's, you know, whatever however you want to put it.
3: Um no, I I I definitely appreciate Anwar's intensity and his uh his dedication to things he puts his mind to and and the things that he feels passionate about, which I think has, has been, you know, for all of us, we bring different things like Matt said, and um, that sort of drive and intensity has certainly helped uh, us build the business and the company. Um, You know, Matt, I've always appreciated his, his design input and and the way he thinks about design. And um, I think, you know, he, he thinks about, design in a similar fashion than I do. And it's, again, it's a very holistic approach to things. Um, and again, you know, you know, if I were to coin it up, you know, Matt's a super nice guy and always empathetic to, you know, his fellow human. So uh, I think that's a, a, a huge quality that's, that's missing today. So uh, I certainly
2: appreciate that. I appreciate being the Tasmanian <laughs> Devil, <but laughs> the, the fireball of energy. Being um, your
0: new logo. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Um, but you know, I think, I think having that kind of energy is what I then appreciate about Matt and Alan is that they help ground me in many ways and they help, uh, kind of, you know, settle the storm sometimes, you know, Matt, Matt, I've always worked super well with, and I have a big admiration for how he you know really gets things done and rolls up his sleeve and really is like. You know, somebody that is a creator and has a great perspective on design and, and can achieve a lot, um, which I've always uh, looked up to. And Alan is, you know, very pragmatic in his approach and his sensibility and very structured. And, and, and again, I like that. And I think in, again, to their analysis of me, I think both those traits are really good kind of yin to my yang in that regard. So I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of good outcomes that come from that. And I think there is kind of a, a great balance uh, from those traits.
0: And do you guys divvy it up or is it by project? How do you, how do the three of you work?
2: I
3: mean, our studio, I guess, I guess we kind of work the same way we kind of want to our studio is that uh, it's not like we have a hospitality division or a multi-unit resi division. Um, <clears throat> so every team has, you know, all kinds of different projects, different scales, different, you know, size um, different timelines and, you know, for the most part, for the past, you know, number of years, we've, you know, you know, we work together to try to find projects. Um, and it's, sometimes it's, it's more about chemistry and personality, you know, and how we relate to the client and, you know, the project and the location. Um, so it's, it's also very democratic in the way we kind of divvy up work, um, from a business development standpoint. Uh, you know, probably, you know, if you wanted to like divide stuff into categories, you know, I, I think I'm probably, you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I probably deal with most, most of the IT technology, uh, stuff in the office. Um, Matt used to do HR, but now we hired somebody to do that because he was so terrible at it. Oh, get uh, out of here. <laughs> so
1: anyway, I apologize, Stacy. if the Zoom freezes up, it's Al's fault.
3: And, uh... <laughs> And, you know, Anwar does a lot of the marketing and, and PR and, and strategy type, type kind of work. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell how, you know, uh, you guys can certainly add to it, but that's how we generally manage stuff in the office. And then, of, of course, all the big, bigger picture strategy and business decisions we work with our ops team to, to decide on. So it, it is democratic, um, some, maybe sometimes to a fault, but that's kind of how we've been doing it for the past 22 years.
0: And what do you think was your big break? Right, like you started off with all these restaurant projects, but w- if you had to look back, what do you think was the one that either put you on the map or propelled you in the direction that you wanted the company to go to? Everyone, you know, defines success differently. So, what do you think that project was, or that client was, or that moment was?
1: Locally, we had a couple of really fun projects that came out in Toronto. So, Baha got us on the footprint, like in, with the wallpaper. Lobby was uh, one of Toronto's first supper clubs. Uh, we weren't even sure you were allowed to do supper clubs back in the day, the way we did it. And um, that uh, became like a Toronto uh, film festival hotspot. All the celebrities would go there. That really was a, a locally, a big pop that started to give us footprint. But then I, I would have to say I, you guys can, I'm sure you would agree that generator was probably the biggest, the biggest global bump once we did the first generators.
2: Yeah, I think, I think a lot of our milestones have been relationship driven and the people that we've met along the way. So, you know, generator was 2007, I think when we met uh, when I met Josh Wyatt and then that was, you know, the start of that journey. Um, Definitely on an international level because of what, you know, what he was creating and what he was starting in London and just the footprint that we were trying to achieve with him and, you know, going across Europe and creating a brand and trying to disrupt that whole part of the industry. Um, But every milestone that I think we've had has somehow related to kind of working either on, on, on creating a brand or working with somebody that's kind of iconic and has a great brand. And, Um, you know, when we started working on the Shangri-La Hotel here in Toronto, and then we're introduced to Nick Jones with Soho House and started working with him and then introduced to David Chang and started working with David Chang and Momofuku. I mean, like, I don't know if that's normal, but we, you know, Momofuku, we ended up working with his group and with him for almost a decade doing all his high-end restaurants. When we started thinking about Generator, you know it was like airbnb uber like all these things were being founded like back then and it was you know this whole sharing economy and this whole like what is a hostel what is a boutique hotel how do you bring hospitality into a concept to like really ground it and make it give it purpose and you know and and attract you know different de- demographics and like it was just an explosion of brands and um you know, and then membership clubs with Soa House and then the Hoxton. And it's like, it's just like, it's just layers and layers of all this stuff happening over the past kind of, you know, 15 years. And then I think we rode, you know, we rode our own individual waves uh, as design agency, kind of attaching ourselves to different clients and kind of learning how, you know, what they were doing, how we could participate in that conversation, how we could make things better, how we could design things. And I think people loved working with us also because of what Matt was saying about how like we didn't have a style. You know, it wasn't, you you weren't prescribed, it wasn't prescribed like that you were going to get X, Y, or Z when you worked with us. It's like, we really valued the journey and the exploration of design. And we wanted to really have an open mind as to like, let's create something together. And it could look like anything. It didn't need to look like a design agency project it didn't have to have our stamp or a style on it because we didn't even have a style or a stamp we were just you know it's you know good design is good business has always been our kind of mantra and we teach our designers to respect the dollar respect the brand respect the purpose you know we, we love the aesthetics of design and we love the art of design but we really hammer home that it's like it's it's we're part of a bigger plan. We're part of a business plan. We're part of a, you know, it's design doesn't create everything. Like it's just one of the pieces between, you know, the staff, the culture, the music, the marketing, you know, so many different things. So um, I, I think that the whole generator journey and back to your question about milestones, like it was really working with some of those iconic brands, developing some of those iconic brands, working with some of those visionaries and leaders and, um, you know, meeting with some of them, uh, you know, watching what they were doing, and and trying to attach ourselves to great clients. I mean, that's not mentioned that before. We're only as good as our clients, and that's something that we've always held true.
3: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's funny though, and and uh, you know, just to see where we started. We worked. We started with Generator and you know David Chang, and then fast forward, uh, you know, ten years and you know, we had always talked about the luxury market and, and sort of doing work in that segment. Um, you know, we had a lot, and we had a lot of hurdles. I mean, you know, we, we were known for at that time, we were known for doing a lot of lifestyle and, you know, like the, the generator work and, uh, our F and B stuff. And, um, you know, we had some brands tell us, you know, you guys are great at doing lifestyle, but yeah, you, know, you, you can't do lifestyle and luxury at the same time. You know, it'll just never work. um, and so we worked really hard to sort of change that perception of us. And, uh, you know, I think the value we, br- we bring is that we we can do all different types of segments, uh, you know, from the micro hotels to the lifestyle to luxury. Um, so really, you know, what's great is that our, our office and our studio know how to do all of that work. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's partially because we, we kind of designed it that way. We wanted to make sure that, we could bring things like luxury into segments like generator that never had luxury before, in that you know the hostel industry, uh, and then bring some of our le- learnings from lifestyle into the you know luxury sector. So I think you know for us it was really kind of interesting to see how uh, we could you know you know get into different segments uh, in a way that even though there are people that you know said that we couldn't do it, um, I feel that one of the things that we 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 just never gave up, and you know now we're doing work with uh, Ritz, St. Regis, you know, the Penry brands. Uh, so it's, it, you know, we're doing also a lot of like, you know, uh, uh, resort work. So it's, it's an interesting kind of segue to, to, to kind of go from, to see where we were at, where we were at 10 years ago and to kind of see where we're at now.
0: So, so many questions off of this. First, let's start with generators. So for those listening that might not know, it was a hostel brand that finally put design forward, um, with you all, um, helping to lead the charge. When you, When you first met Josh Wyatt of Patron Capital, um, who was leading it back then, um, is now with Noya House. Um, Were you surprised that it was such an underserved market? Because I think what you're touching on is really important is that from when you guys started to now, you know, design has become more... um, more accessible, right? Um, no one would have thought to put design into a hostel, at least the ones I stayed in when I backpacked, but packed <laughs> in the day. Um, but, you know, what was that process like when you're handed or first talked about this brand? You know, were you surprised that it was such a blank slate or were you excited? You know, can you go back to those kind of first moments and, you know, how you approached that project? And then we can get to some of the other projects you mentioned.
2: Again, going back to 2007 and Generator and you know, Josh Wyatt's idea of sort of this white space within, uh, again, this kind of sharing economy and, you know, the, host, the traditional hostel model and looking at, you know, boutique lifestyle hotels and everything being sort of design led. We were basically, you know, trying to co-invent and create a look and figure out sort of what was important in that realm of how do you bring design to that segment of the market? And, and, and yes, it was, I was shocked at sort of how there was a stereotype for operations and design. Like there was just a traditional, like when I went backpacking in Europe, it was, you know, you're either staying at a nun's convent or you were, you know, maybe in somebody's, uh, you know, if you're in Portugal, you were staying in somebody's house or Mm -hmm. a hostel was like, you know, you were, you were, uh, I forget what we would do we would like kind of chain our our backpack to to our leg or to our bed or whether you had an overnight on a train when you had a you know a train pass to go across europe and this was like this was blank slate take the best of take the best of everything that was happening in hospitality figure out what was important um It was, and the other thing is, it was early stages. So even boutique hotels and the expression of a brand in the boutique hotel world, like this was all new. Like it was all, you know, we we came up with this slogan for generator, like urban design led hostels. And design led is something now that I feel is like so overused. You know, everything's design led. And, but then when we were thinking about it, you know, in 2008, 2009, it, it was just, you know, we're talking with Josh, and it was like, hey, we're going to go to the best urban centers, we're going to find up and coming areas, we're going to really, you know, it's not going to be boutique, it's not going to be small, we're going to do this at scale. And we're going to take, you know, they're going to give us a budget. And, you know, they were super trusting with us, like we formed an immediate bond with our client, and he really trusted us. And we would concept it together with him, we would program it together with him and his team. We would, you know, we started with the infrastructure of an existing hostel company that he bought. So there was, you know, there was some heart and soul, there was great people at Generator. And we just built from there outwards. And we also went at turbo lightning speed. Like we just, it was like, go, you know? And it was, it was really interesting to see what kind of an impact like without even knowing that we were going to have that kind of impact, then everything sort of fell into place after. Then it was like, Oh my God, we have the best buildings. We have the best design. We're going to get the best photographer. We, and then it was like, people are actually latching onto this and, and their ADR was going up and we were inventing like the programming of like how people should share spaces and how they should cohabitate and what the check-in process was. And, and I feel like a lot of those conversations were not happening at the time, but we were, we, were, we were unraveling all of them and we were relating it all back to design. And it was all about the experience. It was all about the guest journey. It was all about the touch points. And we layered in the brand. We, we helped with a lot of the branding work. We were always there. You know, We were their true creative partner for over a decade. And I think you know a lot of designers maybe don't even ever have that opportunity to do something like that and I think we were really uh, fortunate to have to be able to create something you know like that and to help to help build it into something you know it was it was really truly unique
0: well that and also then mama fuko I mean you got that (laughs) chance twice with two pretty amazing brands um to evolve so I mean, to work with somebody like David Chang and, um, you know, his team, you know, where, what, do you, what do you think you all brought to the table that continued that successful collaboration um, with David? Um, and how did you take what Momofuku was and help, as you said, co-create, you know, and evolve it over the years?
2: Yeah, Momofuku, and Alan, I'll let you jump in here too, but, you know, Momofuku was, again... Yeah, you're right. Maybe it happens twice or three <laughs> times or I don't know. But it's like, it's it's almost too good to be true. And you don't plan these things. Like it's, it's their, you know, super scrappy company, David Chang, wicked young team, like inventing things as they go, like re- restaurant designer. Why do we need a restaurant designer? Like, you know, I, I design this shit myself, you know, like this is, this is, this is my vision. I create a noodle bar. You know, I want to focus on the food. I want to focus on my brand but then all of a sudden it's like he's partnering with a Canadian company a developer he's putting in this you know four story restaurant in another country and you know you need a design partner like we really become the partners like of the of the brand so to that degree we you know we just kind of figured it out we we didn't over design it. I think I think that's where our sort of uh, our humbleness in a way plays in is that you know you can some you can often smother a brand through design in ways. I think we were very exploratory, we're good listeners, we kind of evolved it with him and his team, and he he really trusts his people too, and he had great people working for him. So it was kind of like okay, like, I want these things in these places. And what I really care about is the food and how things are going to operate. But you guys, like, make sure that the design is on point, but don't fuck it up kind of thing, you know, and that was truly to the extent of like what the the direction is that we would get from him. And there's a lot of, you know, clients that give you a lot of feedback and are super involved is a lot of pressure in, in one way. But I find it even more intimidating when you have somebody who gives you no feedback, does not collaborate at all, and just literally comes in two weeks before opening, you know, I mean, obviously he'd be present throughout, but it's like, at you know, and you better have not screwed up because it's like go time. He's like developing his menu and there's people lined up to come in. And so we just organically formed this, you know, we started to figure out sort of what the aesthetic of, Momofuku's and eventually Major Domo could be, you know, these different brands. And then there was all the sub brands. And he and this, you know, we were just easy to work with, always there for him, really like a partnership. And then it just evolved from, hmm. you know, Toronto to New York to LA to Vegas. Um, and it became a, a really great relationship.
3: Yeah. I, I also think that, I mean, it was fortuitous because, you know, if you backtrack a little bit and see and, and, and to how we, got involved in the project. We were doing some work for West Bank Developments, uh, who owns the Shangri-La property. Um, and we were introduced... Uh, I actually even think we... Didn't we suggest the Momofuku to, to uh, West Bank? To Renata, yeah. To Renata, and I think they brought it forward. And you know, and, and, and quite honestly, I think at the time, I mean, I, I don't even think David and his team understood the magnitude of like, where they were going to take that brand. And really, uh, to, to reiterate what Anwar said, I think it was just about building trust and, you know, he had, he kind of had an aesthetic, which is kind of like a, a non-aesthetic at the time. Um, so we kind of took that and ran with it and made it all about the food and the presentation and having experience, you know, with restaurants and operations, uh, you know, in our previous lives. Um, we really understood what, you know, how operations could affect the overall delivery and presentation of the food. So we kind of concentrated on the back of the house and then came out from there. So everything kind of revolved around operations and you know, how David wanted to present the food and you know, what the food was all about. Um, so again, like, you know, not over-designing, I think, was a big thing and listening to the client um, and building that trust, uh, which translated into you know, all these projects that kind of rolled over year after year. Um, because there was that familiarity and trust, Uh, even though I think probably David was, you know, it was so busy, you know, at the time when we were doing all these restaurants, um, you know, he would come in like very sparingly and, and just give his two cents, but it was less about design and more about operations and how he wanted the place to function. So um, in a lot of ways we were just designing, you know, to, to accommodate, you know, the operational aspect of it.
0: And Alan, I love what you said that you guys proved that you could do both, you know, hostels and then luxury. Um, And, you know, you guys are doing some really exciting projects. What are you looking forward to in terms of, this is to everyone, but what are you looking forward to? What's next? What's a project on the boards that um, really might define where you guys are headed as a firm or just in terms of, you know, what's coming next in terms of the industry?
1: Yeah, I mean uh, that's I, a loaded
3: question. That is a loaded question. <laughs> uh, Trying to the, put
1: us in a little box. Now, mm. be careful. Be careful. No, there's just there's there's, there's, lots, of there's, there's lot lots, lots of great projects.
3: There's uh, lots lots of great projects that we uh, we can't talk about right now, Stacy. Uh, no, no, I I think really our, my, my personal goal is to uh, you know we we've worked with all the you know all the brands, uh, all the big brands, you know small independents, um, so. You know my personal goal would be to find you know those those really great clients that can really push the envelope on redefining what hospitality could mean and especially now with you know everything that's happened in the past eight nine months um, that's a bigger challenge right so uh, you know having those visionary clients that can really push hospitality forward especially in the new world that we're going to be hopefully entering uh, in a new year um, I think I think is, is something that I would like to do more of and try to find those clients. And, you know, we, we've we done a lot of the, you know, we have some clients that are, are amazing clients. Uh, and we also have, uh, you know, some amazing clients who are more about multi-unit residential uh, work, which is, you know, which we've been doing a lot of in the past eight, nine months. Uh, and, you know, again, we're trying to redefine that a little bit as well. Um, although the hospitality sector for us has been more interesting to play in because you can, there's more, innovation, uh, in, in that sector. So, um, you know, for me, w- it would be trying to find those really cool clients and really fostering those relationships. I mean, kind of like what we did with, you know, generator and David Chang and, you know, trying to find that next really revolutionary innovative client that's going to make something, uh, impactful and different in the world. So I don't know. I, don't, I mean, you know, we also have a lot of great projects we can talk to you about, but I think, you know, for, as a goal for 2021 and 2022,
2: I think that would be a great, Good goal to have i think um adding to the part about luxury like i we, we we set our sights on that and we we still have a ways to go like there's so much you know there's so many great projects out there and great brands to work with and alan mentioned a few and some of he some of the ones you know he didn't mention even like four seasons and uh montage like we're working you know, a, a core you know on uh, working on ondas and so the challenge almost feels the same like a lot of those brands are also thinking about the future and also maybe you know maybe looking a little bit outside of the comfort zone which kind of i think open opens the door to to firms like us who are going to bring experiences in from different places and who are going to maybe take a slightly different approach because Again, whether it's the pandemic or whether it's what is new luxury, you know, I'm I'm very interested in where luxury will go, where travel will go, you know, where... where
0: But, I mean, we just covered that one project in the... um, that Venus Williams featured in uh, the guest editor, The Earth, which I think is super interesting. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about it, but I do think, you know, looking past COVID and where the industry was headed even pre-COVID, you know, it speaks a lot to what I think personally. And I think the industry thinks too, you know, where travel is headed.
1: Yeah. It's uh, I mean, projects like that are are great uh, kind of ways to take all of our learnings and then unravel it and kind of re-piece it together in ways to explore how hospitality might change. So this has been a, a, a really interesting development for the last, four years as we're as we're looking at a specific site um, for this particular hotel uh, and like really digging into the nuances of what it means to be you know uh, a guest to not just a location but also a guest to a piece of land or a site or a a specific landscape Uh, what it means to be kind of immersed in an experience Um, in this case it's a, a landscape driven experience so what is it what's the difference between just being there and being present or being immersed um, how do you use this kind of experience to be, um, again, slightly bigger than just, it's, it's kind of transformative on multiple levels. Like you're there as an escape, uh, but it's also hopefully you're learning and taking stuff away. Um, so yeah, it's the Earth Landscape Hotel. It's been, a, it's been a really interesting journey. Um, we're looking at it, um, again, very much partnering with the group to see if there's other, uh, locations and other areas where the concept naturally evolves to as well. Design Hotels has been working really closely with us. It's great to have like a brand partner engaged in an exploration and uh, and digging up a new version of hospitality, as opposed to just kind of imparting um, pre-known wisdom. So really, kind of following through, like what is this journey going to be for the future traveler?
0: So speaking of COVID, (laughs) the elephant in the room Um, with a lot of things what How has it changed you all as leaders um, and what have been some of the takeaways from the last nine months in terms of how you run a business and and or what you think will matter more moving forward?
1: Yeah, I think um, this whole this whole experience I mean we had a really uh, although we have footprint all over the world, we've got a Barcelona studio, a Los Angeles, DC, and Toronto. We did have a, a really, uh, very close group. I mean, we were expanding, we were growing, but we had been, uh, doing a lots of, lots of efforts over the years to really maintain the kind of boutique nature of what our firm was. Um, when this all, when, uh, in March and April, when this really came to, to roost and everything started constri- constricting, um, our kind of team all bonded together and we, we uh, essentially made it through without having to really furlough that many people, like almost next to none, but the family all kind of uh, compacted down. And we, we all shared the load and really worked through it. Um, I think it bonded us together even, even more so than kind of heading into this before. So there was a, a lot of effort that went into, you know, thinking about how systems might change, not just, what the designs we're producing, but you know, how can we communicate better? How can our teams collaborate uh, virtually? How can they um, share experiences in this, in this new sense? How can we encourage them to to stay active? Um, And a lot of training, a lot of mentoring, a lot of zoom and FaceTime calls, just to really keep everyone moving forward and and positive. Um, But I think it really did. Yeah. It was a, a big test. I mean, guys, I think it was a pretty. It's been a, a big, uh, heavy year. I'm looking forward to a little bit of a lighter year, hopefully next year.
3: I mean, it's it was uh, it was obviously a new experience for everyone. I mean, you know, we made a decisive decision, and for sure, I mean, you know, the Canadian government uh, certainly helped a lot. I mean, we we have some really great subsidies here that helped uh, us um, weather through some of the the tougher tougher months, and uh, the past eight months. Um, so you know we it's funny because this whole pandemic has actually forced us to communicate more um so i think i think from you know from a leadership standpoint we really have been able to uh touch uh sort of the the everyday lives of our teams more often which is kind of interesting because you know, before we were probably never in the office and, you know, we didn't communicate as much and we didn't maybe find the value in, you know, daily communications or weekly communications. Um, but because everyone's working remotely and no one's in the office anymore, for the time being, um, you know, it's been really important for us to communicate with our teams, what's happening, what we're doing. And so I think as leaders, uh, we've you know, I've taken a lot away from that. And, you know, even as partners, we talk way more now than we have before in the You past. seem so happy about that, Alan. Look at that, like <laughs> you smiling. You look so
1: happy when you talk. Like,
3: um, no. no, but it's, 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 it's to, to Matt's point, it's like, you know we, we, you know, we have weekly call, like a Monday morning call uh, every week. And then we also communicate throughout the week as well. So, you know, before in the past, it was like impossible for three of us to be in a room together uh, because we just didn't have the schedule at a time. But now we're finding we're making the time to, to communicate And I think, you know, from an overall, uh, uh, standpoint, uh, you know, it's, it's really helped, um, everyone in our office have a better understanding of where design agency sits in the world and what our purpose is and what we're trying to achieve. Um, because we have been, you know, doing a lot to, you know, try to weather the storm. Uh, so I think, you know, know, it's funny, we've, we've been having our year end reviews, uh, this past month and a half and, um, you know people have been saying that you know our communication and our empathy and what we're trying to do to 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 weather the storm as a family has been great and everyone's very appreciative so I think that goes a long way in 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 my mind to say that we've been trying as hard as we can to keep the company together uh, and everyone working and everyone being creative so uh that's a big you know a few big takeaways for me
0: yeah. And Anwar, you were on a webinar for me in March or April, April, May. Seems so long ago, but seems like yesterday at the same time. Um, And you said something that really resonated with me that I've stolen a couple of times. So thank you. uh, (laughs) Along the way, but that you, and I think it's, you know, speaks loudly to how you guys grew up in this business um, or your projects um, for the last 22 years, but that we went from the share, shared economy to the safe economy and, you know, that people had to start thinking about how to first get people back and then to bring the experience, even make it more meaningful post COVID. Do you still feel somewhat of the same, not, you know, six months later, eight months later, or what do you think will continue because I know there's a lot of things that had happened, you know, immediately for COVID and then, you know, shorter term and then longer term. But what do you think will stick around or that, or will be a, you know, a new wave um, after COVID?
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, in a way it is still going to be very much about safety, but I think the, the slowness of everything, the, the slowing down and, and kind of this, this new perspective on everything I think is what's going to resonate with everybody to some degree. And, and and I kind of say that with a heavy heart because I do think that there is a lot of struggle and a lot of hardship that has happened. And I think it will still continue to happen because of this situation, but when I look at our industry and from business and when I try and be optimistic, you know, I'm, 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 I'm seeing things being more purposeful and I'm hoping that sort of efficiencies and a new perspective on how to still have purpose and still be effective can be done in a much kind of slower way, you know, smaller footprint or less of a footprint in a way. Way, you know when you want to think about sustainability when you think about our industry and you think about you know not saying that travel should go away but just like everything being a lot more meaningful I think that's going to resonate through hospitality through you know the work environment through the process of design so you know I again we don't I think it's still to be defined how people structure the you know The processes, whether it's from the business side or whether it's from the client side or whether it's from the media side. But I think there is going to be a a shift of priorities. And, uh, you know, I think those priorities stem from people just thinking like, hey, you know, life is short and I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And, you know, unfortunately, not everybody is as fortunate as some others. And it's, you know, very uh, diverse and very fluid a world that we live in. So, I, I think I think that will have an impact on how we get things done and and how things how people want things to get done. Yeah,
0: very well said. So, one quick question before our last question, kind of a lightning round: what um, What inspires you, or how do you find inspiration, or what motivates you? Can you know, especially? Still in lockdown, but just in general, uh, to get up and you know do what you do um, every day.
1: Other yeah. than your 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 news releases and HD expos and stuff like that, yes, Obviously, except those for those everything given, that right? all
0: of our content that we put <laughs> out. But besides that, besides seeing my face, probably way too much. <laughs> what what gets you up each day?
1: Yeah, I think I think Mr. You hit it right, like perfectly. I think purpose. I think kind of discovering. And thinking about what the what the new things will be the purpose of uh and the purpose of design um you know the the entire studio itself and and coming through things I think every every morning that's very you know you you want to reach out and do that um, the I think what's next for me it's always been the next like what's coming up next this whole in this valley that we're in right now and everyone's kind of uh pulled back and is rethinking things I'm really excited. And then, uh, for what's going to be coming, uh, in the next, next wave of hospitality, how it's going to, what it's going to look like, what, I mean, as, as bad as this has been, you see the, a positive horizon and that for me is really exciting.
3: Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it's always been the same for me. I th- you know, the thing that, that, um, uh, you know, gets me motivated and wanting to, to keep on doing what I'm doing is, you know, optimism that, you know, design can, can, can make a difference. I mean, I, and it's, it's been kind of hard in, you know, even personally for myself for the last few years, like, you know, um, and even, even though we, we always try to push the envelope, but I feel that design hasn't really evolved that much in the past little while. So I think the optimism that I have that design can always change and something new can happen consistently is what, you know, what, what makes me get out of bed and want to come to the, op- come to my small office now. Uh, and 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 try to try to make that happen. I mean, I, I think without that, I you know, I would probably just retire and sit on the beach all day. Um, because I think I think quite honestly, I think it's it's if design if design is not aspirational and you and you don't think it can make a difference, then the, to me there's there's no point in in doing this.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I hate to end this conversation. Um, But we always end the podcast with the title of the podcast, What I've Learned. Um, So what has been, and it can be pre-COVID too, um, what has been your greatest lesson learned along the way? Um, Either from someone or through something, um, what has that been?
2: Biggest inspiration right now is my five-year-old son and just thinking about about him and what his future is going to be in the world, you know, what the world might be about and, and where we want to spend our time. And, um but I think, I think what resonates for me has always been around um, is, is having fun, being creative and having fun with whatever it is that you're doing. And, and if it's not, if it's not fun, I feel like, you should, you know, something should pivot or you should try and make what you're doing more fun. I obviously, you know, I love travel. I miss travel. Um, It's a big part of what we do. It's a big part of what I do. Um, You know, but I think, I think there's, again, if you, if you can, if you can channel good energy and, and surround yourself with good people that, you know, kind of want to go on that journey and have fun and, 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 that's sort of the underlying uh, you know not main reason to be but I think people lose sight of that you know and um, I think if you have a lot of that in your in your daily life and in uh, in your work then it it, it kind of pays itself back.
1: We uh, I mean we always tell tell our, our teams and our, our colleagues to you know, Really keep your eyes open, really learn from ev- everything's a learning experience. So when you're dining at a restaurant, you know, don't just look at the table, like the table or the decor, but really feel what the room feels like. Um, experience being there and, and take all those learnings in. So and travel MR is absolutely right. It used to be, um, pre COVID was like the one of the best ways you could do that. You could go and experience things, learn and. And it's about understanding like it's about learning and taking all this information in and, and then um being able to to uh use that information in a way that makes constructive spaces really layers into uh some of the positive spaces that we make. So for me it's all about continual learning.
0: Alan
3: Um people always just tell me uh don't do business with your friends. Uh,
0: How's that going? Yeah, <laughs> so
3: I think I I I think that's uh, that's a lesson learned. So I think it's obviously. Uh, oh, you faster, nice <laughs> finish, and drop the mic. <laughs> no, I think I think that, I think I definitely learned that that's uh, that's not not true, and obviously our our relationship in the past twenty two years has has proven that. Uh, so you know for sure. Uh, I'm proud of what we've achieved and uh, our friendship over the past 22 years and looking forward to maybe not that many more years, but, uh, you know, exploring the rest of our careers together and seeing where it takes us.
0: Thank you guys so much for taking this time to chat with me. As I said, I could continue to chat with you guys forever, but in sake of time, I will end it here. But always been your biggest fan. So or your biggest fan of all of you. So thank you for taking the time to chat with me today.
3: Thanks, Stacey. Thanks,
0: Stacey. Thanks for listening to Hospitality Design's What I've Learned. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find full episodes and transcripts at hospitalitydesign.com.